0: Start at your command, bro.
1: Well, this is Garage Logic podcast number 57, December 5th, 2018. 14 below on this day in 1873, but the denizens of Gumption County were rejoicing in 2001. It was 63 degrees on this day. This is all brought to us by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now. Uh, you'll have to cover for me while I try to find something here.
0: We can cover for you. What do you want us to cover?
2: This uh, is podcast number. Ooh, we could talk Major League Baseball hot stove, huh? <laughs> no, Let's do no, that. No, 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 no. no. The National signed a big pitcher yesterday, Johnny. Town Bowl? I'm, only, I'm
1: only reluctantly uh, tearing myself away from, from the funeral coverage of George H.W. Bush. And something occurred to me. Uh, in our own way, we've dedicated the show to pushing back. Have we not? Pushing yes, back yes. against the mystery and
3: mm-hmm. the failed
1: academy and the selfishness and the small-mindedness of a, a very spoiled people in this country. And uh, here we have uh, – I'm going to go right to – by the way, Stephen Moore of the Heritage Foundation will be joining us later in the podcast. Got it. I'm going to go right away to the failed academy where an administrator at Stanford University uh, – uh, reportedly suggested that a fraternity house remove its American flag in order to avoid offending or frightening people. God. The fraternity, which was already on suspension, lost its charter status in May. Uh, uh, was The report was published in the Stanford Review, alleges that a university administrator advised a defunct fraternity to remove the American flag flying outside the Sigma Chi fraternity house if they wanted to break stereotypes. Uh, the Sigma Chi fraternity was on suspension during the fall 2017 semester and reportedly had met with a school administrator who was acting as liaison between the fraternity and the school's residential education office. The administrator, which Stanford does not have the balls to identify, is only identified as Mr. Z. Uh, at the time, the fraternity was attempting to get back into the school's good graces so it could be a fully reinstated and functional fraternity. This did not end up happening, and the fraternity lost its charter. Uh, and this, uh, Mr. Z, uh, allegedly said that the American flag could be construed as a disturbing symbol to some people on campus. Then leave <sighs> campus in the world, wowzers. During a dinner event, Mr. Z reportedly suggested that he found the flag to be an offensive symbol. This was according to uh, Stanford 2018 graduate Pablo Lozano, uh, who apparently was at the dinner. Lozano said that he took the suggestion as something that could prevent the standard chapter from reopening if it wasn't carried out. In other words, this guy was suggesting maybe it'll help you get your charter back if you quit flying the American flag. Uh, In response, Lozano said he told Mr. Z that the Stanford Post Office flew the American flag as well as Stanford's Green Library Bing Wing. Lozano also added that Mr. Z did not seem opposed to a Palestinian flag flying at a residence nearby or a Dominican flag flying from one of the Sigma Chi bedroom windows. Uh, Ultimately, the... Lozano did not entirely remove the fraternity's American flag. Instead, he replaced the house's banner with an even larger one and framed the flag. Well, so good for Lozano. He pushed back. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Campus Reform tried to get a hold of Stanford. Good uh, luck. And they did. Here's why I bring this up. We are burying a guy uh, who, for the love of this country, was shot down. Shot out of the air in, in the Pacific and was miraculously recovered. Did any, I hope I can get through this. Okay. Did anyone see Bob Dole's salute uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the Capitol Rotunda yesterday? Yeah. yeah. I believe that was the Capitol Rotunda, yes, right? where he, yes, he was lying in, in state. In
2: fact, it might have even been a ray of hope because it was pretty impossible not to see it because it was everywhere online, and I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Here you have a, a member of the utterly— failed academy suggesting that the american flag is not inclusive enough it's it's off-putting to, apparently to some students in this person's estimation and here you have a guy bob dole 95 gets wheelchaired in there insists on standing so his aide helps him and he had the twisted hand Yep, he gives the salute you know how his hand was twisted Uh, I do know that it uh, it was—go ahead. He was shot by machine gun fire in Italy during World War II, and it went through his shoulder and his arm. Hmm. That's why he always held that pen. Yeah, and he was so so significantly injured that the soldiers with him gave him as much morphine as they dared. And then in Dole's own blood, wrote M on his forehead so that other medics attending him would not give him additional morphine because that would have killed him. Right. Uh, yeah, when we watch uh, that. How, how do we put? You can't put into context what we're dealing with on a daily basis with the mystery, with, with the sad realization that Doles' salute was the last was the last of its kind. Now Carter has yet to go down, and he also served, and he is also of the greatest generation. But I doubt if Dole will make it there. I, I don't know how long Dole has to go. He's 95. He didn't look good. No. He didn't, but uh,
0: my but wife over. and I could
1: not swallow the lumps in our
0: throat no, when it's we over. watched that. It's over. But does this... We're all going to hell. Does this knucklehead, okay, does this knucklehead that says the American flag, which is draped over President Bush's coffin, mm-hmm. does he... What are his... Uh,
1: pers- uh, What's his perspective? No, no, he's, he's a member of the Failed Academy. And the Failed Academy has embraced the idea that, that America is too patriarchal, imperialistic, unfair, uh, has been too harmful, too racist, too homophobic, too whatever you want to you add. Because so he's be- shaking his head as, as Bob Dole salutes the— Well, uh, my point being, my point being, could somebody shove the a Bob Dole uh, Wikipedia page under this idiot's nose and have him read it? Or George H.W. Right, Bush's— right. It, it, it's what everything we deal with. How do we put in context with the passing of this president? I watched a two-hour American Experience on uh, HW last night. It's a, it was a rerun. The one on Channel Two. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And, and he accomplished great things. He accomplished great things, and he really did serve. I mean, he. You know why he chose uh, Gerald Ford offered him an ambassadorship, and it could have been London or Paris. And you know why he didn't take it? He didn't take it for two reasons. What was the reason? Reason one is the ambassadors to London and Paris are expected to subsidize the entertainment expenses. Well, in those two cities, the entertain George H.W. Uh, said, I got kids to put through college. I can't <laughs> right. afford it. Right. So he said, send me to China. A, it was much cheaper for him. Mm-hmm. And B, he wanted to learn about China. Send me to China. Mm-hmm. How do we put into context what we, what we stumble across every day?
2: And if the American flag is that troubling to that individual, I'd, I'd like to hear from that individual, what's the world you'd like to live in? What, it, what is your idea of a perfect world? Because I bet that's just as terrifying.
1: Here is an 85-year-old Florida. Many, many things that caught my eye today caught my eye because I'm placing them next to this splendid state funeral for George H.W. And I'm placing them next to Bob Dole's extraordinarily courageous salute. I got to give you a final salute. Hell, they fought each other in the Iowa primaries. Remember that? (laughs) Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So everything that everything I saw today struck me as we are really losing a lot with the passing of these guys. We are really losing a lot. We're not
0: going to gain it back. We're losing major ground. And then uh, what did I see? It was the anniversary of it was the German uh, camp. I can't remember. Kraschnitz? I don't know. And it's the anniversary of that, and somebody had commented that if they're not teaching that in schools and in the temple, they're not going to remember these people that all perished because the uh, Nazi officers went and grabbed them all and put them in a camp.
1: Hey, Mr. Z, uh, Bush got shot down over the Pacific because he truly believed in freedom. Dole got riddled with machine gun bullets in Italy because he truly believed in the freedom and the might of the United States to bring goodness to the world. Who are you, you pipsqueak? Here's an 85-year-old woman in Florida who is saying lawyers representing her trailer park will have to kill me first before she lets them remove an illustration of the Virgin Mary that's painted on the side of her mobile home. It's her own home. You get to do that. She's pushing back. She really is pushing back. Millie Francis painted an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, one of Mary's many Catholic titles and the patroness of Mexico, on a piece of plywood, and it's very attractive, by the way, on a piece of plywood on the front of her mobile home in the Bradenton Tropical Palms Trailer Park. The property manager for Vanguard Property Management demanded Francis remove the painting, to which she responded, you'll have to kill me first. God bless you, lady. (laughs) And this and Dole had to have help standing up to salute. And you have people in the country right now behaving like this to an eighty five year old woman? You're not going to tell this old lady what to do, Francis <laughs> told the Braden and Harold. This is America. As long as I have two arms and two legs, I'm going to do it. The illustration of Mary is on a piece of plywood place where Francis's front window used to be. She said the window was removed in April with permission from the park after Francis had persistent issues with security personnel shining flashlights into her home late at night. I didn't know what I wanted to do in that space, she said. I was at church during mass just before communion. To be honest... I wasn't concentrating much on mass because I was preoccupied, preoccupied with, what am I going to do with this board? I said, please, dear Lord, help me decide what I should do. She added, I don't want to say I had a vision or anything like, anything like that, but I felt enlightened and received the inspiration from Our Lady of Guadalupe to paint her image, so I promised that I would. Francis claims it was only when the painting was finished in late October that she was told to remove it. Janet Nowakowski, the property manager for Vanguard Property Management, said the uh, told the Bradenton Herald that Francis did not get permission for the painting through the park's architectural review committee. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> a trailer park has an architectural <laughs> review yeah, committee? Are you kidding? That's big time. Oh. Get one. They the, made the jump. Hey, they made pla- the jump. Place everything I say today next to Dole salute. Dole saluted for her as much as anybody. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Yes. Heavens, yes. For sure. Uh, uh, Although Francis did get permission to remove, uh, did not. Oh, Nowakowski said Francis had been given until October 31 to complete the window replacement, but the project wasn't completed by then, and it was requested that Francis remove the piece of plywood. Noah Kowski said, per park rules, Francis must resubmit her project to the architectural review committee for approval or remove the painting. That's where we stand, she told the newspaper last month. She exceeded the time that she was given to complete it and it has to go. Why? It's her property. It's her property. Bunch uh, of busybodies. Attorneys for the park sent Francis a letter November 9, saying she had 30 days to remove the painting or face a lawsuit. <coughs> With the deadline, fa- deadline fast approaching, Francis has remained defiant, telling the Brayton and Herald on Tuesday her painting is not going anywhere. You keep pushing back, Grandma. The 85 year old claims she is being discriminated against because of her Catholic faith and says her neighbors have various decorations on their homes that they have not been asked to remove. If I have to go to court, then I have to go, she said. I don't know what to do. I can't take this anymore, but I can't see it coming down. It's not hurting anyone. They don't have to look at it if they don't like it, so I don't understand why they are so against me, but I'm going. it's going to stay. Vanguard Property Management did not return a request for comment uh, from Fox <coughs> News. We should call her. I'll, I'll set this aside. We'll call her.
0: I bet she'd be fun to talk to. And we want to get the word out. Pushing back. You're going to have to kill me first. She's pushing back.
1: I want to pay my respects to Joe Suchere, who, uh, in his own way, the mayor of Garage Logic makes
3: an awful lot of sense out there.
1: Everything I'm bringing up can be... What do you got, Reeves?
2: Uh, as you were talking about uh, the, the funeral for George H.W. Bush, we actually got an email to the Logic inbox from Fred that I thought you guys would be interested in. Subject line, George H.W. Bush, number 41. Joe, I thought you'd be interested to learn of my personal encounter with number 41. I found him to be as genial and personable as individual as I've ever met. I was privileged to meet Vice President Bush in 87 or 88 when we were stationed in Kittery, Maine, and he was campaigning for president. He came aboard the USS Gorton for a tour, and as I was showing him the sonar shack that we chatted about Tom Clancy's book, Hunt for Red October, he shared with me how much he enjoyed it, and I explained to him how much I appreciated the accurate portrayal of submarine life Clancy was able to convey— Chatting with Mr. Bush was as natural as chatting with an old friend.
1: How That's cool is that? I found that to be the same, the same. That is cool. But put Doles' salute on this story. It started with a complaint from one person, a concerned area resident. This is in Ohio. Sure. One person, the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Uh, they're the uh, national atheist group in Wisconsin. Uh, They fired up the uh, 1959 Pontiac hearse, Mm -hmm. and they uh, put the siren on, and they went to the city of Dover, Delaware, saying that an individual had complained that the city displays a nativity scene and a large Latin cross on city property each year during the holiday season. We also understand that there is a Ten Commandments monument located near Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church that appears to be on city property. The letter from Christopher Line, we've had him on the show, a Freedom From Religion Foundation legal fellow told Mayor Richard Holmrighausen, Uh line said the cross display amounted to an unconstitutional endorsement of religion on public property, which is not the case, and that it was unlawful for the city to have a holiday display consisting solely of a nativity scene because it showed a preference for one religion, the paper added. Same with the Ten Commandments. Dover's city administration, under the threat of a lawsuit, decided to move the Christian symbols from the downtown square to property owned by Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church. Okay, that's a pushback at least. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Dover's uh, law director, Douglas O'Meara, said the city uh, would— would paint over what appeared to be a cross that was part of a choir display that remains on the green next to City Hall. As it happens, O'Mara disagreed with the Freedom From Religion Foundation that the items were improperly placed on public property, but that a court case would be too expensive for the city. In these days of extremely tight budgets and close watching of civic purse strings, counsel and the mayor elected the route that extinguished that exposure, he wrote in a letter to the Freedom From Religion Foundation. For Holmrichhausen, the mayor, uh, Dover, Ohio, the Christian display controversy was the first. 27 years of been mayor. Nothing like this has ever happened, Holmrighausen told WJWTV. Never imagined it would happen. He added to the station, we have the freedom of religion, and they're saying we're endorsing one religion. In regard to the FFRF, the mayor said, yeah, they have a point. It's been that way for E.N., so just leave us alone. Uh <coughs> And Homerghausen said numerous calls and emails have been fielded from residents not happy with the situation. I am told it has been discussed with comments made towards the administration in an extremely vitriolic nature about the city moving not only the nativity scene, but also the Ten Commandments Monument and painting over the cross, he told council members. And Bob Dole needed help to stand. Hey. Uh, A display from the Satanic Temple in Chicago has been placed in the State House Rotunda. What? Joining the nativity scene to mark Christmas and uh, the menorah to mark Hanukkah. According to the Satanic Group's application to the Secretary of State's office to allow the display, the sculpture is called Knowledge is the Greatest Gift, and it depicts the forearm of a young woman extended with a snake coiled around her arm and the hand holding an apple. The whole structure, including the base, is four and a half feet tall, La Lex Manticore of Chicago, a leader and spokesman for the satanic group, said the arm represents that of Eve in the biblical story of the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge. We see Satan as a hero in that story. Spreading knowledge, Manticore said. Mm. He called the pursuit of knowledge the greatest individual pursuit of bettering yourself, and we believe you should basically act with the best scientific understanding of the world when you make decisions. He also said the 150-member group centered in Chicago with members in places including nearby states don't believe in anything supernatural. So that's no deities, Manticore said. Not only do we not worship a literal Satan, but we don't believe one actually exists. Satan for us is a metaphor. Throughout literary history, it's been used as a character that represents rebellion in the face of religious Tyranny. Uh, uh, David Drucker, a spokesman for the Secretary of State, said the Chicago-based satanic group had the right, just like the religious organizations, to put up the display in the rotunda. Okay. That's enough time to give them, huh? Then I guess the Freedom from Religion Foundation struck again. They never run out of gas, do they? No way. Never run no, out of gas. No way. You got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Back to the failed academy. Here we go. In an effort to make campus life at one North Carolina university more gender inclusive, some students are ditching the term freshman in favor of fresh more. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> to describe no. first-year students. <laughs> uh. Jeffrey... Walbush, dean of the Honors College at Appalachian State University, introduced the term when he came to the school two years ago. Uh, The Appalachian Student Newspaper reported, we have women and men as college students. And I think having a non-gender specific way of talking about them, of addressing them, just shows that we're aware of the power of language, uh, Walbush said. Wow. Walbush began using the term while employed at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire after serving after searching for a non-sexist way to describe freshmen, I just started using Freshmore and encouraging students, prospective students, and parents to use it, and it caught on, Volbush said. I bet you were invited to a lot of parties. <laughs> God, oh my. Freshmore. What a tool. <laughs> I think certainly that Freshmore uh, class this year uses it more often. He said Volbush did not immediately respond to Fox News for comment. The term hadn't, hasn't caught on campus-wide, but honors college students and faculty have embraced it, Volbush said Freshmore journalism major and honors college student Marlon Cardina said she appreciates the intent. I don't mind being called a freshman, but it's nice that they're making an effort to make sure everyone feels included. And Bob Dole needed help to stand and salute with, with a completely bent. mangled hand. Right. Let's bring in John Height. But before, uh, before that, though, I want to tell you about RF Molar Jewelers. Yeah. It's the best place to shop for good Christmas. Time right now. Yeah, because you're buying memories, you're buying keepsakes, you're buying uh, treasures for your family that will be handed down from generation to generation. And uh, RF Molar Jeweler is hosting a John Hardy Designer Showcase event that begins this Friday, December 7th, and it goes through Sunday in all of their Twin City stores. Uh, it does start out today, December 5th, if you shop in the Minneapolis store in Gavaday Common. John Hardy Jewelry is handcrafted by artisans in Bali using time-honored techniques. And uh, women and men both love these designs. Plus, they're offering special pricing just during this event. You can visit RF Moller Jeweler uh, in Edina at 50th and France. Uh, Ford in Cleveland and Highland Park in St. Paul, downtown Minneapolis, and a great, great website online at rfmolar.com. Here's a man who spends towers and hardware stores keep so keeping the nuts and bolts of life. Hey, now, Here's John Haynes.
3: Thank you, Joe. The uh, former manager, the follow-up story we had a while ago of a Western Minnesota grain elevator, the yeah. fellow that disappeared after allegedly stealing nearly $5 million bucks has been charged in federal court with mail fraud after he surrendered. 56-year-old. What a coward. Well, this guy is back now? Yep, he, uh, he showed up, gave himself up. The
1: one thing, I read the story over the weekend, Kenny was very keen on us alerting us to it. Uh, what I want to know is, was he a town's, did he grow up in that town? And I couldn't find that in the I In other words, if he grew it. up in that mm-hmm. town it was really a bold move mm-hmm. to
2: because uh, you would have fleece a deep, everybody. Yes,
3: yeah, you're right. So. Uh, Jerry Hennessy is the fella He's 56 years old from Dalton He surrendered and made his initial court appearance Tuesday according to the U.S. Attorney's Office The criminal complaint and law enforcement Affidavit said Hennessy defrauded The Ashby Farmers Cooperative Elevator Company in Ashby for 15 years From 2003 through Uh-oh. at least September of 2018 And as he was the manager at the elevator For almost 30 years He already faces a lawsuit in state court Accusing him of stealing more than 4.9 million Dollars from the business in September, the co-op contacted authorities about payments Hennessy made to himself or for his personal expenses. When the co-op asked to meet with Hennessy, he didn't show up for the meeting. Instead, met a friend who drove him to Des Moines, Iowa. Hennessy's friends told investigators he told them he had taken money from his employer and was in trouble. According to the affidavit, the co-op discovered multiple checks written by Hennessy to himself for over forty grand, including a one check of one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. Hennessy coded his allegedly fraudulent checks as purchases of corn, soybeans, and wheat for the co-op. Among the payments in question included over $1 million to Hennessy's personal credit card and hundreds of thousands of dollars for hunting trips including international big game hunting safaris and taxidermy services according to the affidavit. Back in January of 2017, Hennessy mailed a check for more than 34 grand from the co-op's account for a partial payment toward the purchase of hunting property in Minnesota. Uh, in Kennebec County, according to the court filing.
0: Well, if you're going to s- embezzle money and then go on big game safari, not,
3: you're not
1: ready. Kitson, and Kuchiching are <laughs> your K go. counties. There you go.
3: <laughs> an international flight forced to make an emergency landing at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport Wednesday morning because of a disorderly passenger. Airport officials said the Norwegian Airlines flight traveling from Oakland to Paris, France, Landed here at the airport at 1.30 in the morning. You can fly straight to Paris from Oakland? Huh. <laughs> I don't know many of that, do from Oakland. Yeah. Police were at the scene responding to reports of an intoxicated, disorderly passenger. That passenger escorted off the plane brought to a nearby hospital. plane took off from Minneapolis to continue the flight on to Paris. I'd have to look at the globe, but it seems to me if you left Oakland, you could just as soon go the other way, too. Yeah. He had, uh, here, he's on head west mm-hmm. instead of east. Sure. got a boy. Good with that direction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nation's capital bidding its final farewell to late former President George H.W. Bush on Wednesday in a service of prayer and praise uh, draws together a world envoys, Americans high office, and a guy from Maine who used to fix things in Bush's house on the water. Military band played hail to the chief as the casket of the 41st president was carried down the U.S. Capitol steps in a solemn procession with members of the Bush family watching and a cannon salute. The casket headed in a motorcade for the Washington National Cathedral ceremony at ceremony, capping three days of remembrance by dignitaries and ordinary citizens as they honored the Republican president, oversaw the post-Cold War transition and led a successful Gulf War. The route was lined with people much of the way, bundled in winter hats and taking pictures. The four living ex-presidents were at the funeral, among them George W. Bush, who eulogized his father, and President Donald Trump, who attended. Who
1: not, when, not when, when guys who got plucked out of the ocean lived long enough to be able to gaze at it later in life, they must have really had a lot on their minds. Jeez. <laughs> well, we were uh, talking
2: about Ronan Tynan. Yeah. who was singing at the president's uh, funeral. And he used to do God Bless America in the seventh inning of Yankee games. I found the news, Johnny. He was exiled from Yankee yes, Stadium. I saw this. Uh, after Why? making some anti-Semitic remarks he, back he, in
3: 09. He oh. actually told a joke, which uh, I've heard other people use too. Uh, the joke was people were going to move into his house or his apartment, and the guy said, don't worry, they're not Red Sox fans. And Tynan answered, well, as long as they're not Jewish. And that's oh, that's what got no, him in trouble. Yeah, maybe so, yeah, not on that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Republicans came out of that meeting with the head of the CIA Tuesday, saying it was. And let's be honest. We've all told the joke or two. That's worse than that one.
0: Oh, in on this day and age, no, I've never. Or was I, the
1: implication uh, that Jewish people uh, were Red Sox fans? No. He just no. didn't want Jewish people living well, in his apartment? It's very I think, untoward of I him think, to
3: say that. I think he, he was probably... <laughs> he, was he, was he, thought probably he thought he was being funny. It. He was joshing. He was yes. doing his joshing. It was a Don Rickles joke. Okay, you can't if, josh anymore. Yeah, you can't, josh. You can't oh, yeah.
0: josh. Don Rickles would not have a, uh, a routine, would he, this, in this day and age? Oh, yeah, he'd figure
3: something out. <laughs> Is he
1: still alive?
3: No, he died no. a couple of years yeah. back. Yeah.
1: Well, Republican, Frank, can't you see him eating here? Oh my that's God, my that's, the, that's, that's, that's my the favorite greatest. story. That's my favorite story because he was on a date, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's on a date, and he was impressing this woman by saying he knew Frank Sinatra, and he saw Frank Sinatra in the same restaurant. Frank told this story. Yeah, and and so Rickle said, "Excuse me a minute" to his date, and he went over to the table and said, "Frank, I'm I'm really trying to uh, get somewhere with this uh, lady friend of mine tonight. If you have time, could you stop by the table and say hello? Because she doesn't believe that I know you." And they had become friends. Yes. And and uh, Sinatra said, "Sure, Don, I'll do that." So Frank says, "I finished my uh, coffee," and I went over and I clapped him on the back and I said, "Hey, Don, how you doing?" And and uh, according to Sinatra, Don looked up and said, "Frank, can't you see I'm eating here?" <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, that's so good, so
0: really, what I mean, you can't wait till I'm done.
3: Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, Republicans came out of that meeting with the head of the CIA Tuesday saying it was evident that Saudi Arabia's leader knew about and planned the death of a journalist. At least one member of the GOP said it wasn't a big deal. Representative Chris Stewart from Utah brushed off the murder of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi saying, quote, journalists disappear all over the country. Mm. <laughs> when I heard that, the only thing I could think of was the Caliendo uh, bit to uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. 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 down? I time. get you a journalist by three. <laughs> Stewart's a member of the House Intelligence Committee, he made the remarks during a TV interview in which he defended President Trump's response to Khashoggi's killing. Khashoggi, a legal U.S. resident, was murdered inside a Saudi consulate in Turkey last month by a team of Saudi operatives. President Trump has condemned the incident but argued it should not harm the U.S.-Saudi alliance or stop U.S. arms sales to the kingdom. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn provided substantial assistance in the special counsel's Russian investigation and should receive little or no prison time, federal prosecutors said in court papers filed late Tuesday. Flynn met with special counsel Robert Mueller's team 19 times after he pleaded guilty to lying to federal investigators according to a sentencing memo filed by Mueller's office. Court papers offered few new details on the Russia probe, but the prosecutors, citing Flynn's extensive cooperation and several ongoing investigations, said a sentence that includes no prison time is, in their words, appropriate and warranted. Crime carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison, but his plea agreement says he's eligible for a sentence of six months or less. He's scheduled to be sentenced on December 18th. Large portions of the court papers were redacted, making it pretty much impossible to know what Flynn exactly shared with prosecutors. An estimated 500-year-old skeleton—I love these stories. I know you guys are bored by them. I'm sorry. I love them. I can go for a good skeleton story. 500-year-old skeleton. Still wearing the boots he died in was recently unearthed by archaeologists excavating a site in London. Boy, they find a lot of stuff in London. Uh The skeleton, believed to be that of a medieval man, was found near part of the Thames Tideway Tunnel construction site, which is being built to help stop sewage from flowing into the Thames River. Researchers aren't sure how the man died, although some are speculating he may have been a fisherman, a sailor, or what they called a mudlark who could have drowned. The position in which the skeleton was found face down, one arm above his head and another bent to the side, are also key indicators of how the man may be died. There is a possibility he died while climbing the Bermanzi Wall, which once stood near where the remains were found. The wall was a huge mud bank beside the river, supported by wooden structures. The skeleton was that of a younger male, 35 years of age or younger. His active life would not have been comfortable. According to the museum, they noted he would have felt pain and discomfort from osteoarthritis. Ooh, Biggest clues about his life are deep grooves found on his teeth. They were probably caused by a repetitive action like passing rope between (laughs) his teeth like fishermen do. Okay. Which may also suggest- What is
1: that sophomoric behavior right
3: now? you know these two guys. (laughs) These guys. (laughs) It's repetitive. These guys
0: way back when, they just, they
3: were- they, They were lonely. They were lonely. Now his boots- Specialists have dated. I'm seeing bad boots. Late, no, they're, they're leather. Okay. Uh, very pricey at that time. Uh, they say leather was very expensive and often reused. How many? During that time how many ruples? What did we have? What was the cost? Uh, back I, don't then? Think I don't think it's then. a <laughs> were in England. I don't think yes. it's
1: a rupee. Jeez.
3: <laughs> of course, a shilling? Honest uh, to God.
1: Shilling. <laughs> One twenty shilling. In yeah. for
3: a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, I I missed Thursday, Friday. This story happened in the middle of last week, and I've been saving it. Uh, The man in the hospital who shot himself, did you see that? Oh,
2: I I Uh, saw it, but we did not discuss it. I didn't use it. You
3: didn't use it on the air. I'm unaware of it. Okay, I'll use it on the air. The man was taken to the hospital in Arizona last week after he shot himself in the groin area. Yep in the meat department at a Walmart right, in really. Buckeye, Arizona. Where Maricopa else would you County? What better
0: place? Yeah, we meat closed. Yeah.
3: We, ought to, we ought to meet. Local police department tweeted that officers were working what appeared to be a self-inflicted accidental shooting inside the Watson and Yuma Walmart. Buckeye PD later confirmed Oof. in an update, adult male accidentally shot himself in the groin area transported to hospital. Arizona. How'd you like to be there on Black
2: Friday at the—what what city, Johnny?
3: Uh It was in uh, Buckeye, yeah, Buckeye let's, Arizona. Let's go to Buckeye, Arizona, Walmart. I like that name, though. I wouldn't mind living in Buckeye, just for, you know, the name. Mm-hmm. The Arizona Republic newspaper reported the incident happened around 6.30 in the evening after a semi-automatic handgun that was being held in the man's waistband began to slip. The gun, which was not in a holster, discharged <laughs> oh, as no. he att- as he attempted to reposition it. The Arizona Republic reported— when police officers responded to the gunshot, the man was found in the meat section of the Walmart with what they called survivable injuries.
0: Uh, clean up in the meat aisle.
1: <laughs> uh, Johnny, thank you. You, you bet. Uh, Chris, why don't you make a call to Mr. Moore, a distinguished fellow at the Heritage Foundation. I'm and, supposed uh, to do it
2: at 1243.
1: Well, you can do it right now, and we'll be back uh, shortly.